everybody, Associate Professor Peter Malliaris here. Welcome to the fourth episode of Talking Tendons. Um, just a reminder to go over onto the uh, tendinopathyrehab.com blog and you'll also find there uh, the online course, the tendinopathy course, if you're interested in more tendon info. Um, uh, what we're going to launch into today is, I believe, really, really interesting and topical. Um, I was uh, I presented at a conference on gluteal tendinopathy during the week and I talked about um, uh, a couple of the new uh, RCTs that have come out recently. Um, it's great stuff. It's great to have new research, particularly looking at how we can manage these things with exercise. Um, and um, I, wanted to dis- I wanted to dedicate the podcast to that today. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, uh, we're going we're gonna to launch into... Uh, some uh, a couple of the new studies. Um, so as we know, gluteal tendinopathy is really common. People generally will have lateral hip pain. Um, you know, it can be localized to their great trochanter. Can sometimes be a little bit more diffuse down the side of their leg. Um, and um, uh, we uh, really uh, haven't had uh, much in the way of. Um, uh, of evidence um, for gluteal tendinopathy um, in terms of uh, rehab. So we did a systematic review, which was meant to be um, lower limb tendon rehab review um, in 2013. That was published in Sports Medicine, um, but it ended up being Achilles and Patella review. And the reason for that was there was no evidence for any of the other tendons um, that we were looking at. So we just um, made it... Um, uh, specific to uh, the gluteal tendon. Um, so uh, we're lucky because since then uh, there have been um, uh, more reviews, as I say, that have uh, that have come to light. So, uh, sorry, more uh, RCTs, uh, and that has only been in the last few months. So this is what I'm going to focus on. There was a study by Romper, um, home training, local corticosteroid injection, or radial shockwave therapy for greater cancer, trochanteric pain syndrome, which was published in American Journal of Sports Medicine in 2009. But that has been pretty criticized for the type of exercise, so including stretching and compressive type loading. Um, so we're not going to talk about that we're going to jump straight into the two rcts so the first one um, was uh, lead author is uh, ganderton um, let me just bring it up so i can have a look okay here we are um, so this is from the team at la trobe university uh, charlotte ganson is the first author uh, the title it was published in journal of women's health it's part of a factorial rct so i think there's going to be another part that will come out uh, but this is what has been published so far. It's gluteal loading versus sham exercise to improve pain and dysfunction in postmenopausal women with greater trochanteric pain syndrome, a randomized controlled trial. Um, so published uh, 2018. Um, uh, so basically, I just wanted to uh, talk to you about some of the key um Uh, methods and also findings. So what did they do? They looked at education plus exercise versus education plus sham exercise. I think that's a really nice design. Uh, There was no control group, but uh, that's okay. They were really looking to, uh, they had obviously the constant there in both groups was education. And the thing they were testing really was the exercise program, which they called the GLOBE intervention. 
okay? Um, and it's uh, a global, I guess, lower limb exercise intervention where they included uh, some calf uh, exercise, some functional quads training like sit to stand and I believe a step up. I might be uh, just looking at the pictures in their paper there. Uh, they definitely uh, focused on one of the key exercises was the hip hitch, the standing single leg hip hitch. That was one of the key gluteal exercises that they had in there. Um, uh, but have a look at the paper for details. The exercises basically covered the lower limb. Um, were all relatively sort of, you know, you'd say functional in terms of done in standing. And um, there wasn't much detail about the load progression or time under tension, pain during exercise, how exercise was regressed or progressed, which is quite common in a lot of these RCTs. I even looked at the protocol, which didn't uh, provide any further details about these as far as I could see. The education was really, really, really good. It was, um, they talked about the nature of pathology, the rat, you know, so why, uh, what happens to the gluteal tendons and region. Um, I presume the rationale for exercise. Um, they talked about, and this is critical, avoiding stairs um, when, when painful and walking up hills, when painful, uh, not crossing legs or lying on the side or lazy standing. Um, uh, so, you know, standing with hip adduction, um, and avoiding these things or minimizing these things when painful, which I think is really, really critical advice for this patient group. Uh, they, they were encouraged to stay active uh, within um, uh, pain limits um, as long as they weren't um, experiencing an increase in symptoms um, uh, and, and stay act as active as possible with normal uh, activities of daily living. So the education, I think, was really good. Um, uh, so what did they compare that to? The sham exercise group um, basically had really just exercise that just were not effective at all like um, or just you would imagine weren't doing much at all uh, so for example quads over a roll quads extension over a roll um, open chain quads extension um, lateral flexion of the trunk so things that really you just probably wouldn't give to a gluteal patient or is not really going to be doing much in terms of strengthening either very very low load or not targeting the right areas um, so what did they uh, find? So they had 38 people in the exercise group, 43 people in the sham group at 12 months. They had pretty good follow-up. Um, there was differences in BMI and visa G, uh, but they controlled for this statistically. So between group differences in BMI and the visa G. Visa G is basically like the visa A. It's a pain and function outcome for the gluteal tendon. Uh, pain population. Uh, they didn't find any differences in lots of outcomes. So they looked at visa outcomes. They looked at uh, other pain and function, hip pain and function outcomes, looked at quality of life. There was absolutely no differences between the groups. Um, and there was no difference in uh, in global perceived benefit. So the, the self-reported benefit by the patients was no different as well. Um, uh, so uh, uh, what, the, uh, what the conclusions were was that... Um, uh, the, excess, the education maybe was the key, key factor um, uh, because, um, uh, because both groups improved. But obviously the other potential is that there were non-specific effects. So there may be uh, placebo, regression to the mean, um, you know, improvement over time. That also um, explains this benefit um, because there was no control group or uh, just a contr controlling for time effects. 
Uh, so it's hard to say whether it was the education or just improvement over time. Um, one of the things that was interesting was that more than 50% uh, reported no change or worse pain, um, which is quite high, and that was at 12 months, um, which sort of suggests that the um, intervention was overall not that successful. Um, uh, certainly the exercise didn't add anything. Um, the glow exercise didn't add anything, and the um, you know, and the, even the education um, was not getting many people better, which is surprising. So uh, maybe you do need the exercise on top, but maybe the exercise wasn't the right exercise, um, and it could be improved. Is one of the uh, likely scenarios as well. Um, so that's all I want to say about that trial. Let's skip over now to our second one. Oh, getting to eight minutes. I really apologize, guys. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to crack it one, one day. I'm going to stick to my 10 minute, uh, 10 minutes one day. I will do it. Okay, the second trial uh, is by lead author Melor. Um, Melor, uh, and there's lots of... Um, people on here, including Kim Bunnell and Bill Vizincino. Um, uh, the, this was paper, uh, published in BG, BMJ uh, Open, um, and the title is Education Plus Exercise Versus Corticosteroid Injection uh, you, um, Versus a Wait-and-See Approach on Global Outcome and Pain uh, from Gluteal Tendinopathy. It's a prospective, single-blinded, randomized clinical trial. Um, so uh, here... They did a similar education intervention um, uh, to what we've described. Uh, they had, um, uh, again, a home exercise approach. They only had eight weeks rather than 12 weeks in the first trial. Uh, they were followed up quite a lot. That's, a, that's an important point. They were followed up more than the other group. So these guys were followed up twice a week in the last six weeks um, of the intervention, which is a lot of follow-up. That's 12 sessions. Just in the last six weeks, whereas the other group, uh, the other study by Ganderton, I think they were followed up three or four times in total. Um, uh, so, what uh, did they do for exercise? This is, you could say, a, a more comprehensive program. They had progressions from, you know, static ab abductions, um, bridging, uh, double leg bridging to single leg and offset bridging. They had some double leg squats. Um, uh, they had been progressing to an offset squat and sidestepping. And then sort of you could say one of the big key exercises is a sort of reformer style double leg hip abduction where they try and keep out of um, compressive uh, abduction positions. Um, and they start to load up more with those types of exercises as well as, um, you know, loading up a bit of a mini squat and um, other other scooter type exercises so that you know it's a pretty comprehensive and progressive program uh, probably you could say more progressive and more comprehensive than the first uh, study that we talked about um, the key findings here are that they have um, uh, their main the primary outcomes were global change as well as uh, pain um, pain on a numerical rating scale and they basically had some really incredible improvements so i'll give you some of the highlights at eight weeks 80 percent of the education and exercise group were better and uh, they were significantly better than the steroid and the wait and see group uh, the steroid group was was better at the, than the wait and see group um, at, at that eight week mark as well at uh, 12 months 
um, the education exercise group was still better than the other two groups. And at this point, the wait and see group had caught up to the steroid group. So we didn't see in this trial, uh, the authors didn't see in this trial the uh, sort of flare up uh, in the longer term with steroid. They will still maintain some benefit at 52 weeks, which was interesting. Um, uh, but certainly the education and exercise was better. The other interesting thing is that 50% of people reported they were better by doing nothing at all at the wait and see group, which is comparable to the Ganderton study where 50% uh, uh, of people um, uh, basically um, had, a, had, a, had a positive outcome. Um, so that sort of, again, suggests in the Ganderton trial it's probably largely non-specific effects that uh, maybe had a bulk of the... Um, explain a bulk of what was going on there. So by far, this is the one that I would look at in terms of the exercise approach. The exercise seems to have worked much more in this trial. Um, it seems to have made a, a huge difference. It's it's phenomenal, the 80% improvement at eight weeks, such a short term. Certainly, there's non-specific effects because these people were seen and followed up very intensively. They were seen twice a week for six weeks, which is pretty um, a lot of intervention, but you know it's worked, so you can't knock that. It's worked to treat. Um, so I think um, you know both of these authors uh, should be commended because it's never easy to recruit a large number of these uh, participants for trials like this and follow them through, which they've done. You know they've both done beautifully, uh, but you'd probably put your money on uh, clinically the. Uh, the Mellor uh, exercise approach seems to be much more superior just based on these limited data. What I would say as a scientist is that we need to then replicate this um, uh, and see if we can also replicate, uh, if we can reproduce this sort of magical effect that uh, these uh, authors seem to have had for this very difficult population. Um, fantastic. So I think I'll leave it there. How are we doing time-wise? 13, 14 minutes. Maybe I'll just increase the time of the podcast to 14 minutes or maybe 15 minutes just to cover myself. They seem to be going around that time. Um, so look, thanks for sticking with it. I hope you've got some use out of that. I will link those two papers for you. Um, they're well worth a look and a read um, and they will definitely change the way that we're um, managing, particularly from an exercise approach, I think it, it takes this approach. My exercise um, interventions for gluteal tendons, probably a similar principle to the um, uh, Mallow study, uh, but um, uh, are probably much, much simpler. Um, uh, but it's uh, certainly uh, something that... Um, uh, I'll be looking at very closely to see if there's anything I can integrate. A good study and definitely worth reading. Thanks very much, everyone, and I'll see you next time.